I like the idea that Morgan can take apart the cease suit a piece at a time. Um, that fits with some other things I have sort of been thinking about Greenwell or just with the overall TPP ethos. So uh, let me add some detail to that. As you suggested, uh, Morgan's able to first knock out its flight system. Um, for anybody out there who cares about the rules, uh, we could call this power countering. Uh, so we know from previous discussions that Cerulean Sentinel has the like bad fate uh, curse kind of thing uh, when he touches people. So we'll say that applies here. That allows him when he makes a melee attack against it to use it as a way to counter the suit's flight power. So um, Morgan grabs like a piece of debris or a spare weapon from one of the strongmen that he's knocked out and like jams it into a crucial component and the cease unit's flight system starts to sputter it like it's like and then stops working it like has a couple of shutters and then conks out altogether the effect of that is to give the pilot time the wearer the user yeah user greenwell would call the person inside the suit the end user that's his type of language anyway so the, so the user uh, of this particular suit is able to, like, grab onto something, i.e. doesn't plummet out of the sky when the flight system stops working. Uh, and as Drew described, they take the fight inside this building. He's able to grab a hold of particular components when he can land a good hit and either... Uh, break a crucial component, throw them askew, or even just pop them off the suit altogether. At, at one point during the fight, the suit apparently, the, the user apparently, triggers the suit's broadcast uh, unit. It has a loudspeaker, megaphone type thing inside the helmet. Uh, not inside the helmet, um, mounted on the outside of the helmet. So he, his, his, uh, the, the stuff that he's muttering or shouting to himself inside the suit gets sent out. Morgan can hear what he's saying. And, uh, one of the things that he catches is this guy, it's a male voice, is this guy saying something about shit I just got my license for this thing or um, damn modular design things like that so he's sort of getting hints that these suits were designed to be produced quickly and used by semi-trained operators and therefore they're a bit flimsy 
or at least this particular one is. Maybe this is a prototype or something. But uh, after the first uh, weapon system is disabled, or the, the the targeting for all of the the different weapons, the fight becomes pretty easy because this this person does not have a lot of combat experience or even training and they're just sort of flailing when it comes to to melee combat and um, they were like relying on the targeting computer blasts uh, from the like energy beam weapon that it has so Morgan at, at one point like is able to by the end of the fight, Morgan's able to pop the helmet off or just like grab the faceplate and yank it off. And he sees a terrified guy in his mid-twenties with an expensive haircut and a well-trimmed little goatee. Um, and the guy's like, stop, 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 stop. I just, I... It was a... I was excited about getting to try out a new... I'm not really that political. Just, just, what do you want? Or, you know, maybe he doesn't ask him, what do you want? Maybe it's just like, oh, don't, don't hurt me. Um, so this is a sort of feckless young technocrat who was excited about a new toy and signed up for something that ended up getting him in over his head. Uh, when he comes, when he ends up at the home of Scott whatever, who calls himself Red Empowered Scout, he goes down into the lab below the house, the, the workshop, and Scott, well, he, he doesn't know his name is Scott. This guy sees a man down there working frantically on a piece of powered armor that looks superficially similar to his suit. Uh, the design is more bulky and blocky. It has more sort of external parts. It's not a big, plasticky-looking... You know, sleek, shiny piece of shit like the sea suit is. In fact, looking at this, looking at the armor this guy is designing on the heels of the fight with the cease unit, Morgan is struck by just how shallow the design of the cease unit is. Um, it it again sort of emphasizes just how much um, quick production was the, the priority with that. Um, I imagine he and Scott would have some kind of conversation before they get into it, but we don't have to get into a lot of detail with it. I'll just sort of sketch some broad outlines of things that Scott would have to say and uh, you can fill in gaps if you like. 
Um, I imagine there would be a... Okay, so there's a moment of sort of weird mutual nerd fan recognition when Scott sees him. He's like partly into one of the suits, but he's left his torso free because he's working with his hands on on the other suits. And uh, there's a there's a shock first. There's there's a look of like surprised, almost recognition, and then he then he nods a couple of times. He says, that's not one of our designs, is it? You're him. I've heard about you. Who made your suit? Uh, No, sorry. He doesn't ask who made the suit. He says, um, he, he just assumes that Morgan is also the creator of his armor. And he says... He asks a question more like, uh, how did you make it, or uh, what's your method, or something like that. He's like, oh, you're not using plastisteel or some other sci-fi material. What is? What, do you, what have you got instead? Or like, um, who are you working with? to make it or like who who funds you something like that he's like trying to figure out the origin of of Morgan's suit and as he's like asking him these questions he's slowly like putting his tools down walking over hooking on the breastplate um and there's a sort of sad smile on his face as he does it, or maybe just a look of resignation. He seems almost as if he doesn't want this fight to happen, but he knows that it has to. And I think Morgan probably feels similarly and would thus allow him to, like, finish suiting up. Um... Scott would also, he would, like, first say, I mean, okay, during the course of this, you know, Q&A thing, oh, where'd you get your materials? Who's backing you? Where's you, where'd you, you know, where did you train? Red Empowered Scout is, like, increasingly flabbergasted that Morgan is not like him at all. And he, he lets slip th- some things. He's like, you know, no backing. I don't know what I would have done without Mr. Greenwell's money and his support. Stuff like that. So he, he reveals some of the details about his own process and uh, that kind of thing. So... Toward the end of this conversation, before the fight actually starts, he's got everything going on but the helmet. He's, he says, he says, I'd like, I'd, I'd like it if you could call me Scott. But, and he picks up the helmet and snaps it in place and like gestures with his power sword or whatever he's got. And he's like, 
but you have to call me Red Empowered Scout. And I'm afraid you have to defend yourself. So that's that's his line, or something like that, to get the fight actually started. Um, I love the idea that uh, he's got some sort of predictive database, and that Morgan realizes this partway through the fight and, and goes goes Mugen on him, starts doing unpredictable, weird, hybrid shit, and that uh, Red Empowered Scout's computer models just can't handle that at all. Uh, that, that flatters my uh, Luddite worldview, so let's go with that. I think that you kind of, you nailed that pretty good about how it would go. Um especially him not being completely suited up and everything. Uh, Morgan would be pretty cagey with his answers. Like, he'd be as forthcoming as he thought it would be possible, but he doesn't want this guy to know too much to eventually get it back to Greenwell or, or anybody else that could use it against him. And... Um, you know, uh, uh, even though Morgan's got the helmet on and everything, and you know, the guy's like, whoop doo I'm surreptitiously putting on this breastplate and blah, blah, blah. Like, Morgan would kind of, through his body posture, kind of be like, you know, gesture towards it. Like, go ahead, kind of deal. Um, be it that he either wants a fair fight or some kind of, you know, nerd respect for this guy aesthetically. Um, and, you know, Morgan probably even thinks to himself like, oh, if I was, oh, if I was smarter, I would totally be this guy or, or something, you know, smarter and wealthier. But yeah, uh, those are the only small add-ons that I would I would put on to the fight. Uh, I know we can't do this like system-wide. Well, no, never mind. I was gonna say like maybe he picks up after the fight one of the other weapons or whatever he'd been working on uh, that the Red Empowered Scout had been working on, but. Um, I don't. I don't think he'd do that, in in hindsight, because I don't think he's really been trained with weapons or anything. I just thought it would be a cool aesthetic, but I'm just gonna skip that. Uh, outside of that, yeah, I guess he's just gonna try to get as much Greenwell information out of him as possible, or if he knocks him out, uh, searching the lab, the facility for some type of lead on Greenwell. He's going to, um, you know, switch over to, to Fado vision after the fight to kind of, kind of see how, uh, or kind of see how that picks up or if it picks up on anything, if I can get my words to come out correctly. With the results of your search roll, which you sent me on the text, for the audience's information, it was a 16, thanks to his probability control. 
Morgan looks around the scene after his battle with Red Empowered Scout has devastated poor Scott's workshop. And he sees amid the fields of red a glimmer of blue, following it to a file cabinet that's basically being used to prop up a crude workbench. He opens the bottom drawer and finds a single piece of paper in it on crisp stationery with the letterhead of some company called um, RS Labs LLC or something like that. It's addressed to Greg Greenwell and it's Scott's letter of resignation. He... Morgan reads over it quickly and sees that Scott had some, at some point, whenever this was written, he was starting to have ethical qualms about the project. He says something about, in the letter, he says something about not wanting his system to be used to, how would he phrase this? He says, to inappropriately police ordinary citizens. But... uh, It seems apparent that he never sent it. Now, Scott is like slumped on the ground, maybe conscious, maybe not. If he is conscious, he's punch drunk. His his life's work is kind of in shambles here. But I just want to know, is Morgan going to follow up on this in any way or is he just going to go after Greenwell? Morgan is going to walk up to... Scott and just be like he's gonna kind of squat down in front of him and maybe pull off the helmet that's askew on his head he's gonna have his forearms on his knees he's you know he's gonna be ready if the guy lashes out or anything but uh he's gonna look at him and tap on the breastplate I, I uh I like your aesthetic man uh you know maybe under different circumstances but uh what you gotta do so uh he's gonna hold up the letter from that he was he had written to to Greenwell that he found in the drawer so I see that you uh had a what's it called a, a crisis of conscience so uh, man this is about as unethical as uh, you can get so why don't you help me out and tell me either how you get in contact with him or where he is or any information that you know. And uh, I think it'll help clear your conscience. Or, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just looking at this letter. It seems like maybe you're not a bad guy. Maybe you're not a complete tool bag like the rest of these TPP guys. So uh, help me out and I'll... Uh, I'll get out of your hair and 
Greenwell will never know it came from you. So, yeah, man. What's your decision?